0: Hey, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry, episode 103. I am Jared White, your host. As always, I'm joined by Dom.
1: And we're also joined by my boy here. If, if you're watching on video, you can
0: see my, my, <laughs> my wolf friend with his boombox. It kind I mean, like, of yeah. looks like an audio. It kind of looks like, what's a Telltale game? Fables? Fable? Kind of looks like that guy, Bigsby or whatever the main character. Yeah, like like Bigby. Big B, there you go. Bit. I don't know why I Big B. If he B. got a
1: little more, if he had like a little hip-hop style going into him, yeah, I could see
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so episode 103, going to be talking about where we've been playing. Sadly, I didn't really play much, so I'll tell you what happened. Finished the podcast on Thursday, recording anyways, they go up on Sundays. Friday comes around, and I'm sitting there, Dom, and I'm debating. I had this age-old debate in my head. Do I get Octopath Traveler, or do I get Captain Toad Treasure Tracker? <sighs> I'm like, one's a brand Ooh. new game, one's an older game that's a port. I mean, I'm excited for both of them. I'm just going through my head weighing which one I'm going to well, buy, right? Before you finish,
1: before you finish, I mean, this is actually one of those weird scenarios where there's actually demos for both of those games.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I've actually played so, them both. Yeah. should I'm, help. I've played them both. I'm excited for both of the games. It was just like, I don't have $100 to buy both. Which one do I want to buy? So I was just going into my head of like, which one I enjoyed more. I think they both are great. Um, one's 40 one's 60, so I'm like, oh, $20 off, that's great. But, like, Octopath just kept calling me, kept calling me, so I ended up purchasing Octopath. Um, looking through the characters, so there's eight different characters, each of them have a skill set going into the game that helps you in some way, right? That's the whole point of having eight different characters. So I did my research, and I looked at what each one's ability was. And for me, the Scholar was the the best choice for me for my first run-through, because, um, A, it's like the character I most associate with personally. Um, just his backstory of like reading what his like story is gonna be, and why well, scholar, Yeah, <laughs> and his, to make up for Jordan being gone, right? His little wh- quips, um, and his ability uh, shows you weaknesses of enemies. So for me, the way I play RPGs and stuff, I love that. Like knowing the weaknesses is more important to me than like. Maybe double stacking damage on a certain ability or finding out like information for something. I love knowing a weakness going in. I like that tactical advantage. So I was like, I'm going with him. Started the game, voice acting's cool. It's weird because it does one of those things that you can tell from a non-AAA game where they don't have the budget to entirely voice all of the game. So they make sure to voice the important parts, right? So that's a little jarring, but it's something that had to do with a smaller scale game like this. Game's beautiful. I've literally only played ten minutes of it, so I can't give you any other impressions. All I know is, yes, it's as beautiful as it's looked in this first ten minutes, and the voice acting I thought was pretty good for what I expected. Um, other than that, I've been playing some more, more Marvel Strike Force, uh, trying to get Wasp because they added her to the game uh, for obviously Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, I didn't watch anything. Uh, I have some stuff I want to talk about for next week at the end of the show that I'm excited for. But yeah, it just was a, wasn't was a big week for me in terms of uh, watching stuff or playing stuff really. I was kind of busy with a lot of things, but I dabbed my foot into Octopath Traveler. So what about you? It's
1: been calling me too. I didn't end up buying it, but I, I feel like I may pretty soon here. Um, the, the biggest reason I didn't is because I am still, you know, uh, ways deep in uh, uh, Hollow Knight. Played a bunch of that. Um, and... I still really like it. I can't say anything new. I mean, it, it gets more fun the more abilities you get, you know, and uh, you get that cool feeling of like, ah, now I got the double jump. I, I can remember in my head like the two or three spots where I couldn't reach before. Now I'm going to head back and see what – you know what I mean? Um, that old that old gameplay trope, but it, it's The fun, Metroidvania I, I thing it. of but, like, oh, I have a
0: new ability to access a new area. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, it was strong in, in Zelda too. I'm going to just put that out there. Anyway – um, the one thing, because I've I've only done I've only praised it so far. I will say I've come across like what I find now to me like a, kind of a, a a fundamental flaw in how the game is designed. Um, but I, I don't want really, you know it's, I don't want to totally fault them. And actually, before I go into that, this game is fifteen dollars and that to me is crazy. This could be a thirty dollar game easily. Oh yeah, really big. <clears throat> um, and really polished too. Um, so just with that in mind. I do – what I found is I hate – you collect money and you have to, you know, choose do I continue on or, you know, do I go spend this money or, you know, do I continue on and risk losing it after dying twice, just like in a Souls game, right? The difference here is in this game you can't go to any, you know, bench and spend your money like you could in Dark Souls and level up. You have to actually go back and, you know, find the shopkeeper that has the thing you want to buy – Or I found one bank so far where you can bank your money, but then it's like, I assume there's hopefully more of these banks in the game, but then it's like, I got to go find that bank if I want my money back and then go back to the shopkeeper. I need to, to me, like, that's like, I don't know. It's just wrong. It shouldn't be like that. Um, you should be able to bank your money at least, or spend it at benches to me. Maybe that's just because I'm used to the Souls games. Actually, in this case, holding my hand through that process compared to Hollow Knight. Um, but I didn't. I, I lost like you know two thousand dollars or whatever, which is like more money than I had ever had in the game at any point thus far. And, and it wasn't even because I had you know I had beat a boss. I went back to a bench and I was on my way back to uh, you know the shop owner that I wanted to go see and and I died and got unlucky and died again and it just pissed me off. And I was like, you know, th- there should be a better way to handle this. Maybe there's a mechanic I don't know of or that I get later on. But right now, that is pissing me off.
0: Yeah. Um, Kind of come to that realization. My, to me, I mean, Dark Souls 3, you have to go back to the base to level up. So, remember, you can't, that well, is you don't, true. You don't level you up go... at the bonfire, you level up at the, uh, what's That's true. Yeah. But you can, you know, go to the last bonfire you've been at and then travel back, right? Yeah, but there is a fast travel system in Hollow Knight, the Beatles, so you can fast travel to the the shops. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that your complaint's unwarranted. Yeah. I completely understand where you're coming from. I'm just saying that there are solutions. And, I mean, every game isn't going to have everything perfect for you necessarily. There are going to be some things that, like, are going to bother right. you. So, for me, that's not necessarily an issue because I'm like, oh, there's fast travel beetles and they're usually close to where those shops are. But I, I completely understand your concern. You, It's justified, you know. I completely see where you're coming from. Yeah.
1: It's just – it's a, and, dude, this is, like, the first thing in a game that I'm otherwise, like, just – Absolutely infatuated with. Yeah. And it's not a deal breaker by any means. It's just something I realized. I'm like, I need to, I want to point that out because to me, it's a little messed up and I, I don't like how that's handled. Well, um,
0: I think in better games bad. too, it, you, you, tend to, you tend to find those things that you dislike a lot easier because so much of the game you enjoy. So when you encounter something that's like counterintuitive to everything else you've experienced in that game, you're like, oh, wait, this doesn't, right. I don't like this, <laughs> you know? So it jumps out a lot more. Whereas if you're playing like a subpar game, it's like, well, okay, I won't fault them for that because it could be better, but whatever. That, you know, so you, they can't, kind of start stacking up so they don't stick out so much like a sore thumb. But in a good game that you enjoy, it's like, ooh, this is like a glaring thing to me because everything else is so good. So, yeah, I completely see where you're coming from. Not an issue for me, but I yeah. I think it's justified. Did you play yeah. anything but else? Otherwise, I
1: still really love the game. Um, I, the only, I only played a little bit more of Battlefront. I still haven't beat that campaign I put a little bit more time into it, and it's still, you
0: which know, is crazy because it's only like three or four hours long, right? It's not even that.
1: I think it could extend to like five. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, well, there's the didn't I they add you, the free at least extension? In. They added like the free extension. That's right? right, and I haven't
1: even gotten to that. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't even gotten to that yet, <laughs> but, I only I only sat down with it this past week the one time for like an hour, but Do you think I it's done and finished. Like I, at this point,
0: I need to finish it. You know, like. If we could go back to 2013, and this is saying that we knew each other, because I don't think we we started the podcast till 2016, but if we go back to 2013 and see that deal of EA signs exclusive deal with Star Wars, and to jump five years later and see that there's only one Star Wars game out, and it's okay for most people, you know what I mean? It's kind of disappointing, man. It sucks. Oh,
1: two, two games, but, but yeah, that doesn't help.
0: Well, I guess, yeah, yeah. technically A and Battle and Battlefront Battlefront 2, but... I mean, neither of those games stack up to, like, what a Star Wars game that people wanted would be, if that makes sense. Like, a complete package. Yeah. I get what you're saying,
1: though. Um, Either way, you're right. It, it seems like they've really under-delivered in, in that in five years, and they've only had a Battlefront, two Battlefront games, both of which have not been received, you know.
0: A Battlefront well, game with only overall. multiplayer, and a second one with multiplayer and a kind of short story mode. <laughs> so it's like,
1: you know. Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate. A canceled game and it just uh, mm, a. Yeah, box exactly. controversy. Just. Uh, guys.
0: So we didn't play a lot, so we're going to offset that by talking about a bunch of news that came out this week. We're starting to get into the mode nearing Gamescom and obviously San Diego Comic Con, the weekend of us recording this. We're recording now on the cusp of the early panel starting and stuff like that on Thursday. Um. Let's talk about some news. So the first news, uh, Jump Jumpship Jump Ship Studio, is the studio that uh, former Playdead CEO Dino Patty started up after he left. Um, and obviously Playdead are the makers of Inside and Limbo. And uh, in June of last year, 2017, they revealed the first look at their game, Somerville, which is this sci-fi... It's basically like Limbo or Inside, but sci-fi with aliens and some weird stuff going on. Um, and the studio started with, Dino you know, Patty alongside Chris Olsey, who's a film animator. And they basically shared a new teaser trailer for the game in celebration of, uh, this hiring drive that they're going to be doing to upgrade the studio in terms of manpower. And, uh, this is all caused by a couple of companies buying minority stakes in Jumpship. Um, one of them being NetEast, which is a, uh, pretty big, uh, like software company that does these kind of investments, um... Obviously, we're both excited for this. We both saw the teaser trailer. Dom and the animation looked incredible. It's like kind of what we expect from people that are associated with Playdead in any way. Uh, what I want to know from you are like, what are your expectations for this game? And also, the question I have is: obviously, this game is a ways off, right? Uh, Inside took five years to develop. They're basically ramping up studio the studio now um, for this. Um, do you think that this will be like the first indie darling on next-gen? Because I assume this is going to come out next-gen, right? I highly doubt this hits PS4 Xbox One. Um, do you think this will be the first game on next-gen where it's like, oh, dang, this is the indie darling for this gen right off the bat? Um,
1: I don't know. I would have said yes, but the the way – I mean looking at that, yeah, the animation is really good and the way, the way you kind of laud that. And then if we look back to E3 – and I made the comment like, wow, that, that next piece of Cuphead content is a really long ways off. I would have thought they've gotten some processes streamlined by now and they could come quicker. I think you might be right. You mentioned, well, those animations are even if you got it down, that takes a while to, to put that together. And If, if you're right again here and the animations take a lot of time, this might not make you know the initial next. It might be two, a year or two into the next gen. Yeah. Uh, in which case, I'd say there's probably going to be a cooler indie game. Well, not necessarily cooler but or better, but you know, there's an indie be an darling, indie before, darling this. before, yeah, yeah. Well, because timing Inside, works out like like you're predicting, and I agree with you.
0: So Inside came out two years ago. They're already working on their next game. So we assume if it's the same dev cycle that comes out in 2021, which is we'll talk about later, some rumors about the next Xbox coming out in 2020. So I'd be on the cusp of next gen. This game, if it's if they're high, ramping up now. It's probably been in pre-pro and stuff. So give them the benefit of the doubt. Four years instead of five? That means we're looking at okay. 2022. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting if if Playdead's next game and this game launched in the same year. That would be mm-hmm. very interesting. Because you see the the the, the yeah. award-lotted company going up against the former CEO and seeing how they both... I mean, my... I don't really think that one's going to be like a failure. I think they're both going to be solid. I'm just interested to see, like... What Dino Patty's vision is for a game that kind of had him break away from Play Dead, like what he wanted to do? Did he want to evolve it in a different direction? Did he want to like do something entirely like creatively new that Play Dead kind of want to stay in their own path? Like I want to see where that differentiates, you know, that line in the sand. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Like we both watched that teaser trailer, and <laughs> though it's like a 15 second teaser trailer with like literally n- not much happening, I was super invested in it already. Like there's yeah, this, like this dog yeah. crossing a river and these two guys and you're like, what are they trying to get away from And then you see like these alien like red lights <laughs> these sci-fi like warnings and you're like, oh they're running from whatever's invaded this planet because if you remember the original teaser was like this like uh, cabin uh, in this open woodsy area and like lights flashed in the sky and you saw this giant like alien monolith behind it so ah, it's so intriguing. We don't have an idea of Playdead's next game, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no, we do. Isn't it the astronaut game? Didn't they show like a screenshot of like an astronaut or something? I think it is. Um, While I'm looking this up, That um, sounds... It sounds... uh, What do you you think? I don't know. A question for you. While I'm looking this up, do me a favor. What do you think... With this Somerville game, do you think it's going to be like Limbo and Inside, where it has a very open to interpretation narrative, or do you think this is going to have like a set story? I don't know
1: because I mean, people really like. I haven't played Inside, so, um, but I think mostly people really love that. And correct me if I'm wrong. Was that kind of a more open in for open for interpretation kind of story? Uh, yes. That's my even
0: Eve, I would say even more so than Limbo was okay yeah so
1: and i but i did see a handful of people you know come out of inside like i don't really know what happened but i didn't really like that game and this is weird right yeah um which i mean that's you could say like well you need to understand like this is what they're trying to say i don't know you know what i mean so maybe this isn't the way they built that maybe they'll try this time around to make it a little more uh (laughs) narratively narrative narratively what am i trying to say you know accessible a more accessible narrative uh, that doesn't take so much, you know, analysis to understand, maybe. But I I would like to think they're not going to do that just to cater to a a couple people who thought Inside was just weird and they didn't get it. But how many – this is just the former CEO that's coming over to the new studio, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know enough about him or his input on Inside and how much, you know – about the this trailer looked like literally looked like Inside to me, um, so I'm getting the vibe that he's got a lot of input on what you know each of these game of what, what went into Inside and what's coming into this game. But I don't know. It's I don't know enough about uh, their his process, I guess, and what what his role is there.
0: Yeah. So the the thing is, you haven't played Inside, obviously. Have you seen the movie Annihilation with Natalie Portman? It's based on the books. <sighs> no, I, I've been. I actually really want to. Okay, so that movie very much has an open to interpretation ending. Spoiler, I don't think that's a spoiler. But like it's not a set narrative ending, right? It's not like everything's wrapped up in a bow. Inside, I, I from what you've heard of said, I know why you don't like limbo. Inside is different. Like it is open to interpretation, but there's a lot more there's a lot more strings that you can position however you want them. You know what I mean? Whereas limbo is just like figure it out, you know? Whereas inside gives you a lot of these like strings to just like attach these where you want to and come up come up with your own conclusion um, though there is like a very strong like narrative through line there that you can be like this is the story if you don't want to read too much into it Um, Anyways, that being said, I was correct. So their next game, they showed that image of like this guy with like a parachute that's like ripped up and he's walking up a mountainside and there's like a comet coming down and he's like in an astronaut suit and they actually released it like a couple of weeks after Inside came out and they uh, said thank you for your reception of Inside, Playdead's founder Art Jensen and the team have been working on the next adventure. So this is interesting because if this is if this is tied to aliens too in sci-fi, then it's going to be a direct competitor to Somerville. You know what I mean? Um, whereas, right. w- w- from what we've seen with Somerville, it seems like Somerville might be about the alien invasion, whereas uh, Playdead's next game might be about the mystery of a comet landing on Earth kind of thing. You know? So we'll see. And and there's a good chance it's safe to assume that like
1: you know, the the ideas for each of these games, each of these new games, you know, were shared. If exactly. Were, you know, from a, a ways back, right? That both uh, these studios, you know, know what the other one is or at least what it was, on um, the first idea of it, so.
0: Well, I mean, Jensen and Patty worked together for a long time between Inside and Limbo, so, like, two creatives working together like that... When you find Definitely inspiration, then. when a creative finds inspiration, they're not willing to let that go because it's so hard to find it. So I'm pretty sure they're like, let's do a sci-fi alien kind of thing. And then they had their falling out, and Patty was probably like, I still want to do something related to that. I think there's a cool nugget there. And that's going to be interesting because then we will see where Jensen and Patty differentiate in terms of the game they want to make, right? So really yeah. cool. The, the thing is, is Patty, I think, understands how important the animation is in the games he wants to make because he went and teamed up with a film animator, Chris Olsey. And from what we've seen from the mm. teasers, the animation's really good too. Um, it's kind of up to par so far from what we've seen with inside. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Um, I think we both are. Hopefully we see them before we die. When they come out in the next couple of years. Um, yeah. Inside is on switch. So I'm going to play it soon. I promise. So good. Um, next up, a short story. Um, Madden's long shot story mode is returning. Uh, this is by Jason Trier via Kotaku. I would normally say go and read the full story, but it's literally like two lines that he posted. Um, so Madden revealed the cover athlete uh, this week, which is weird. It's two weeks out from launch. They've never really done this. They usually announce the cover athlete even before E3. Um, but it's going to be Antonio Brown, which is fine whatever I don't I'm I have nothing against the Steelers I don't I don't don't mind this either way my only gripe with Madden is that I wish they put more defensive players on the cover but obviously people like to see the offensive players like I would love to see Luke Keekly or somebody else on the cover but it is what it is anyways
1: there was a big like you know like I think Ray Lewis was on there once maybe or someone from the Ravens but then like did no one from like the Seahawks, you know, make the cover from their defense when it was like, "Oh, the Legion of Boom," and they were like popular, right? Yeah, like, Richard Sherman was all on all the cover
0: in twenty fifteen. There, there have been defensive okay, he players. Already, okay, yeah, I'm just saying. I the not very frequently though. Exactly. Yeah, it's like one defensive player every like. I think Richard Sherman was the first defensive player since Troy Polamalu shared the cover with Larry Fitzgerald, that one year where there was like two man and cover athletes. Anyways. Uh-huh during the cover Hey You know what? Where are my offensive linemen? Madden, damn it. Oh god, that's another yeah. step. Yeah. God. Um during this cover reveal though, they also talked about the long shot mode returning and this one's going to be called long shot homecoming, which is funny cuz of the Spider-Man thing. Um but so EA confirmed that it's returning and they said it will offer more control over Devin Wade and Colt Cruz's football adventure. I have some concerns with this Dom. So I liked long shot mode a lot. To most people, they would think that more control over the two characters means that, like, oh, this story's going to be bigger. There's going to be a lot more to do. To me, I think this is a very PR way of saying we're trading out some narrative cinematic stuff for just you playing more games of Madden. You know what I mean? That's what I'm worried about, of them, like... Look at you. Yeah. You have more control. EA. <laughs> no, I actually like EA out of us three. I, I think I'm usually the most optimistic out of us, because I... Anyways... I think it's the way of, of doing this. It's weird that they're announcing this a couple of weeks before the game's coming out, though the cover reveal is also weird. So I don't know if they just had some like licensing issues with like figuring out who was going to be the cover athlete. So they're like, let's just save this long shot announcement since we can't do it at E3. Save our phone when we announce the cover athlete. I'm not reading too much into that, just the verbiage that I'm more concerned with. I wonder if this is going to be a watered down version of the story mode. Like, I wonder if it didn't pay enough dividends for them to do it. Um, because they did get some big-name actors in it, I wonder if they're like, we're going to deliver it again, but we're not going to even, you know, put enough effort into it. I could be wrong. It could be great. But the verbiage they're using about more control and stuff like that just seems to me like they're going to be exchanging narrative story elements for, you get to play more games than Madden, you know? Because that was one of the big gripes with Longshot uh, last year is that people are like, you only play like five games in the entire story mode. And I'm like, well, that's... It's a story. You're not. If you want to play Madden, play Madden, right? So, I don't know. Do you think I'm reading too much into it? You think I'm being too cynical?
1: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, for one, I look at like, look at like Apple, right? When they're making iPhones and they, uh, I don't know if they've. I don't think. I'm pretty sure they've actually actively admitted it. They said it in a better way. Where like they hold features back, right? They could put two new features on the next iPhone, and then, or they could put five more. But they're going to hold some back for the next iPhone and the next iPhone, right? Exactly. Um, and they have competition still. Madden has no competition, uh, in, at least in other football games. Um, so, and even other sports games, that's hardly competition either because it's pretty much all EA. Also,
0: well, they um, even got rid of so the yeah, NCAA so I mean, game, so they don't even have a direct competitor from themselves because there's no more NCAA. Yeah.
1: There you go. Um, so yeah. So I, I, you're. I think you're absolutely right. I mean reading through the lines a little bit of like you know, maybe we're, we're pulling this back a bit um yeah more just ch- changing it not necessarily improving it right oh we're gonna add in uh more games but yeah that probably means less story but that way the following year you would be like oh well now we're really revamping the story aspect of this game and it's like you know what i mean just kind of extending it for the sake of extending it but that's what you should, that's the smartest business move they can make in the position they are right
0: well, the weirdest um, thing is they didn't even announce Marsh, Marshala Ali, the actor, was in last year's long shot mode, right? He's like a, a award-winning actor. They didn't even mention that. So, like, to me, I'm worried that there's not going to be any big-name actors in this version at all. But at the same time, they didn't announce it last year, so there could be, right? The funny thing is, guess what they made sure to mention – You can take them and use them in Ultimate Team. Of course you can. That's their mode where they make billions of dollars. You know, Of course they're going to let you take these story characters. And that's my worry, is that it's going to be less narrative-driven. You're going to play more games of Madden. And then the focus is going to be on you finishing the story to get them to Mutt because they want you to get into that game mode as soon as possible because that's where they make the most money. Um, And I like Madden Ultimate Mm. Team. I don't think they pressure you with microtransactions. I think the trade-off of playtime to putting money into the game is fine. I don't have any issues with it. But I really like Longshot, and I'm worried that it's not going to live up to what I enjoyed so much last year, which is weird. I never thought I'd be worried about a story mode in Madden, because I never thought there would be one. We'll see, though. I don't know. Maybe I'm just worrying for no reason. We'll, we'll end up finding out. <laughs> um, it comes out August 10th, Dom. It comes out in a couple of weeks, and we're bas- barely hearing about this stuff. It's very weird. Um, something I, else? I it- assumed when I saw the story,
1: really quick, when I saw the story about the cover athlete, I thought... What, that must be for, like, Madden 2020 then, right? Because surely this one's already out, right? Or, I mean, you know, already announced. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Like, you know, you're right. It's late. I don't even follow it, but I can tell that's late.
0: Yeah. Personally, I wanted uh, Todd Gurley, the running back for the Rams, on the cover. Um, I knew they weren't going to put anybody Ooh. from the Eagles because, like, you're not going to put a backup quarterback on the cover of Madden. Nick Foles wouldn't have made the cover, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Brandon so, Graham, the hero. Yeah, right. Um The next news story is about something also happening in August. The Xbox, uh, basically Inside Xbox at Gamescom. So we know that they don't do a press conference at Gamescom anymore. But now that they have Inside Xbox, they're going to be doing that show live from Gamescom. Last year they did uh, an Xbox showcase, um, but it wasn't a press conference or anything. It was the same thing. It was a live stream where they talked about a bunch of stuff. Um, over on Major Nelson's blog they announced that they're going to be a Gamescom doing ins- Inside Xbox and they're going to be showcasing 25 games probably games we've seen games coming out and they also said a couple of new games that we don't know are coming to Xbox I'm assuming probably PC ports I doubt we'll see any major announcements of games but who knows um, I, you know what I would love to see Dom I would love to see them showcase Bio Um I want to see more of that game we know it's going to be oh, a yeah. Gamescom I would love to have Xbox put that on their, on their stage for Inside Xbox that would be really cool They're also going to be showcasing Xbox bundles and accessories. And the biggest guess here is that we're going to be seeing the second version of the Elite controller. The really uh, nice, really good $150 controller from Xbox. There have been rumblings about a second version of that controller. And people also think we're going to be seeing bundles. And my assumption, like I told you before we started recording, is that they're currently doing a competition to give away a PUBG bus. I would almost bet money on one of those bundles being a PUBG uh, bundle. Maybe even with a custom-designed console. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Xbox One X. We'll see. Uh, Not a whole lot here. The thing I want to talk to you about is people, uh, immediately when they heard all this news about hardware being at the show, they thought Xbox was going to show off Project Scarlet, the new Xbox that they talked about at E3 briefly. Why on earth did anybody think they'd talk about the next Xbox during Gamescom?
1: Yeah, it's just not going to happen. No, (laughs) no.
0: Like in what world does that make sense? I don't understand the it, the the part of this too is that there's a lot of rumors saying that it's going to release in twenty twenty. Like a lot of strong rumors saying that's the year the Xbox is kind of aiming for it to launch the next iteration of their console. Um, one, do you believe those rumors? Does twenty twenty seem you know like it can work? And two, if it was twenty twenty, there's no way they would show their console in two years beforehand, right? That doesn't make any sense on any planet. It, it, even if, I, I think 2020 is probably most likely,
1: but I still think there's a small chance it's 2019. I mean, that's just, even if that was the case, it's still, that's, we still wouldn't be hearing a, you know what I mean? Yeah. History shows us they do an event before forum. E3. Yeah.
0: Like, right before. Yeah. Makes no sense. hmm I don't know. I think people are just, you know, like, fans get, they're like, oh, this could mean this. In reality, no, it's probably just this, you know. They're like, oh, it could possibly be something mm-hmm. crazy. It's like. No, it's probably not. Um, but I'm interested to see those bundles. Um, Xbox has done a very good job at pricing their bundles in really strong ways. Um, obviously, they haven't sold as many consoles as PS4, so that gives them some leeway to be like, we need to be cheaper. But like we've talked about numerous times, I don't understand why Black Friday is the only time I can get a PS4 Slim for less than $300. That does not make any sense. I'm sorry. I'm, it bothers yeah. me. Yeah. I can get an Xbox uh, One S that. with a Blu-ray 4K Blu-ray player for two hundred dollars most of the time. The sale happens like yeah. twelve times and a year on Black
1: Friday, like one hundred and fifty. Exactly. It bothers me. It, it, yeah, it's crazy how like how much power they appear to have, uh, and you know, not they're not relinquishing it in, in their pricing. It's kind of, yeah, it's really bizarre. I think they would have been served to you know put something out there in a summer sale if it was Prime Day or somewhere around you know this time during their or where they had their like E3 week sale or whatever where they I think they discounted the Pro by 50 bucks but not the slim yeah you know so it's bizarre
0: well the thing too is people automatically assume that this is going to reach 100 million in units the PS4 I'm not sure obviously it's selling really well I don't know if it'll hit that Um, if they wanted to reach that I think they would have done you think so I don't think it's trending towards. It's at what seventy yeah. five.
1: Oh, I thought it crossed eighty like last week. I heard uh, maybe. I'll verify that. But I just see like to me this is like when they. I'm gonna have to double check this too, but I feel like they kind of they start. There's a you know a period of time towards the end where they start to sell pretty well, you know, because they're they're gonna have a price drop. It's gotta if it's not this year, then next year there's gonna be a permanent price drop on it, right? And that's and then they're really gonna kick out like you know. That end of cycle, kind of get these things off the shelves type of stage. I don't know. I just, I feel like 100 million is almost certainly going to happen.
0: Yeah. I just think for me, I think if they wanted to reach that, they would have done the price drop kind of thing. Because, like, their consoles sell. It just, that's why they haven't dropped the price. It just just me that they could have gone a little bit more aggressive if they wanted to, like, clip some crazy numbers. And that's the funny thing, too, is people are like, Xbox is losing. If you put Xbox in a vacuum in relation to other generations, it's selling extremely well. It's just that PS4 is one of those anomaly consoles in a generation like the Wii that's just selling extraordinarily well. So, in comparison, yeah, it's getting devastated. But if you compare it to a bunch of other consoles, it's doing really, really well. It's just funny how that stuff works out. Wait i mean not to
1: mention that like you know consoles sold is one metric that i mean (laughs) there's a hundred other you know things to measure and then you know a thousand other factors uh, exactly that play into it like there's no like there's not a (laughs) a standard measure of like this is it. All that matters is console sold. I mean, because then it'd be like we just sell it for ten bucks, and then we have the most sold, right? But what is yeah. that? What good does that do you?
0: Also, Microsoft recently had their uh, quarterly earnings call, and Satya Nadal uh, talked about the Xbox division and stated it's had its most profitable. I think it had its most profitable uh, year in like the last seven years. I think what he stated, it, something like that. But basically, they had their most profitable year in like a couple of years, so they're doing just fine um he also talked about how they're aggressively investing still like he talked about how like they invested in studios and stuff but like they're still aggressively investing so like we've assumed and kind of guessed and predicted we're going to see more announcements i think of some other studios i think like phil spencer and satya Nadell are like buy what you can we need to get some great games on this platform we need to get great developers so we'll i think we'll see more announcements i doubt we'll see any of them at gamescom Um, I would be shocked if, like, they came out and announced a Studio that maybe they weren't able to get the paperwork done by E3. That was kind of already in the works. I doubt that's happening. I think that's something they save for later, but who knows. Um, the next story here, talking about earning a ton of money, Dom, uh, Fortnite's made $1 billion. Um, so according to, this is by Nick Santangelo via IGN, according to a new report from Superdata Research, Fortnite has made over $1 billion from in-game purchases, aka microtransactions. Uh, in what is considered its slowest month of the year, in May, Fortnite still generated a massive $318 million in revenue. Um, what I want to talk to you about is, how long will fort- this Fortnite train last? and uh are we in it for the long haul like minecraft me and you aren't really huge fans of of, of fortnite so it's tough but from an ob- objective uh point of view what do we th- are is this game going to be around for a while or is it going to fizzle out like many people anticipate
1: i, I mean it's going to fizzle out it, it absolutely um as far as when i, I don't know man it's just because we got, you know, we're gonna have Call of Duty and, and Battlefield this year. We're gonna have battle royales, right? So <clears throat> that's gonna take some of the the share away from Fortnite. But but as long as like, you know, nothing is competing with Fortnite at the free to play level, really. I mean, not strongly competing. So I, that's really what is gonna have to something some things are gonna have to challenge this at that level for it to to slow it down somewhat. But even without that, I don't know another year. We'll stop hearing about it so much. I think interest will just start to fade. Um, See, I think this I, this just doesn't last long. I think.
0: Here's the thing. I would I would be with you on this. I my argument is I don't think it's going to be in the news cycle as much a year from now, but I do think it's still going to be rocking along, making crap tons of money. Um, because look at La- League of Legends, Dom. We never talk about that game. No one really in games coverage ever talks about that game. It was a saturated market with a ton of MOBAs. League of Legends still doing its thing, still going on and on. We never talk about it. It's never really in the news. But they introduced new characters. They have a thriving esports market. I think Fortnite's going to be that way. I think it may not be have the cultural zeitgeist a, a year from now. But I do think it'll continue to earn tons of money because the system they put in place, because they're epic and they they own the, the, uh, the engine that they make the game on that almost... Uh, every other studio makes their games on right the unreal engine because they own that they can iterate so fast on new content um, and add things to the game and add new things and add dances and add emotes they're talking about adding uh, skins for vehicles they're going to be adding which is another in-game item that people can purchase they're going to be adding the ability to share items with other players which means that's another purchase avenue of, you have a couple of friends, maybe one has more expendable income, and he's like, hey, I want to get you something so you don't, you're not wearing the default outfit. Let me purchase you one of the outfits and I can gift it to you. You know, I think they're adding a lot of these other avenues to earn more money. A um, billion dollars is a lot of money. Uh, I, like, like I said, though, I, I think it may be out of the cultural zeitgeist a year from now, but I don't see this slowing in terms of making money. Um, unless Call of Duty and Battlefield come out of the gate and Extraordinary or PUBG does something Extraordinary, it being free-to-play is really tough. And there's this weird like mental thing of, like, people don't want to buy a $60 game, but they'll play a free-to-play game and spend $10 a week for six weeks. You know what I mean? It's this weird thing of, like, right. if I pay $10 a week, that's not pay- I'm not paying $60 for a game. It's a way for them to justify it. So... I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's tough because, yeah. like, me and you aren't like I mean, the Fortnite guys, so it's like you know.
1: And it's like, yeah, like Call of Duty is not going to take over, you know, Fortnite's spot here, obviously, right? Um, it's just like can Call of Duty, Battlefield, Red Dead Redemption, even, uh, you know, Fallout seventy six, uh, all this fall, you know, just take enough of the attention away from Fortnite for a few months, you know, to like. Get people to start to like it's you know, start to forget about it a little bit. Um, definitely, you're definitely right. I mean, it's going to keep making money for probably a long time, right? Um, now is it going to make 300 whatever million in a month next year? This, you know, next, uh, next June that there's not a chance, in yeah. my head, right? I think this fall, there's a lot of good online games coming out, um, that'll just take the, enough attention away from it, you know, just. And then that's going to create opportunity for someone else, or, you know, someone's else to, you know, not necessarily just free to play, but attack like that free to play market or the cheap market, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know what that is or what that looks like. It could be something entirely different, you know, um, something that it's got. It's something social, right? Because I see Fortnite, and I just see like kids, and I don't know, and they're all talking about it. At, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just sick of Fortnite.
0: Yeah. It, uh, just. In happier news, let's talk about a game you do like, Horizons Zero Dawn. So obviously that game was made by Guerrilla Games. This story comes away of Shabana Arif over at IGN.com. Guerrilla Games looking to expand. So Guerrilla Games will be expanding their studio from 250 employees to well over 400. That's almost twice as many, if you want to do the math. Uh, Herman Holst, a uh, Guerrilla Games CEO, stated that they've been looking to expand for three to four years, and the success of Horizons Zero Dawn alongside the move to a new building... Um, is allowing them to do so. Guerrilla Games will be taking over an additional five floors of the building. Uh, the goal is to make games faster, according to Holst, who wants to see a three-year dev cycle. Um, I guess there's a couple of questions in here. Um, the one I uh, I want to tackle off the top, Dom, is: Is somebody who, correct me if I'm wrong, loved Horizon Zero Dawn? Um, what do you want from a sequel? Like, what can they improve for you? Wh- what are you looking to see in the follow-up to that game?
1: Uh, i mean it'll probably be a little bit not necessarily bigger uh you know physically bigger map wise but they'll probably i could i can imagine they'll add you know a lot of quests because you know a lot of the side quests uh there's not too many of them in the in the uh, original game and i could see them expanding on that and like more interesting quests you know what i mean just kind of like going deeper into side quests and getting some more side narrative stuff going on I think would be one area the easy you know the the low-hanging fruit is the melee combat it definitely needs improvement that's not really the point of the game um you know it's more of a it's it's intended to be more of a bow and you know a range combat kind of game but they still give you you know your spear that you can use up close but it's really clunky and really annoying to use except for like your takedown type moves but um, i think they could really overhaul the whole like melee combat and make that a whole new thing because the Like, the bow and arrow combat is pretty darn flawless in that game. It feels fantastic. So I think they could turn their attention to the melee stuff uh, and, you know, revamp some of that.
0: Um, I have a couple of questions for you. Sorry to interrupt you. I have a couple of questions for you. It does a lot, right? So, one, most of, if not all of the robots are based on prehistoric creatures, right? Because I know not all of them are dinosaurs because there's, like, one that's kind of, like, based on a saber tooth a little bit, right? Yeah. So there's none that are based off of just, like, a normal animal? They're all prehistoric, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's some that are, are not, they're not any dinosaurs. They're not based on any dinosaurs I recognize, but certainly not any animals either. There's a few that I'm like, I don't know what that's supposed to so be. You in know?
0: a Horizon sequel, could you see, like, does the world justify, like, maybe some robots that look like gorillas or rhinos or elephants or stuff like that? Or is those a little bit too, like, that doesn't match the other robots in terms of design?
1: I mean, in terms of design, they would match. They could certainly do that. I'm just I'm trying to remember, like, narratively, if that would make sense. Um, yeah. I know there's, like, in the DLC, there's, like, a big, you know, giant uh, polar bear uh, Oh, okay. Guy. I don't know if there was something prehistoric that matches that.
0: I mean, bears have been around about. forever. But it was so. definitely... Yeah.
1: Right. So, I mean, maybe it's justified in that way. And I just... I don't think about a polar bear as a... that You know, as a dinosaur. But um, I, I need to, to... be honest, I need a refresher on, like, what would narratively fit, you know, outside yeah. of your standard dinosaurs. Because I know
0: they can design it to fit in. Is and there, I I'm there's just,
1: some limitation there.
0: Yeah, I'm just understand. I'm trying to understand if, like, what animals don't make sense narratively. Like, why was that mixed in with all this? Um... The other question I have for you is, what biomes are missing? Because obviously the DLC had snow, but like, did Horizon Zero Dawn have like a desert biome or a jungle biome? Were they more like temperate, like foresty areas throughout?
1: Yeah, it was. It was a lot of forest. Um, there was already like a snowish area, and then the DLC, you know, made it an even larger snowy area. There was a desert area, um, you know, or like a brown, orange-looking area. Um, and that was actually, that was probably like half the map, right? So half the map was that kind of like desert area, or maybe a third of the map was that desert area, you know, a third. Was there like that a more swamp? more lush kind of green forest area. I don't think so. I mean, maybe a few parts of the forest got a little swampy, but there wasn't anything predominantly like that, you know, just swampy.
0: Was there an alligator just, enemy?
1: Yeah. Oh, yep. Yep.
0: Cool. Yeah. Because I was really thinking like large a giant swampy area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah that'd be cool yeah I'm this is a game also when I get my ps4 it's a game I want to come around to playing because it I think it definitely hits everything I look for just like giant dinosaur robots is awesome um, yeah looks really cool uh, I'm interested in a sequel do you think if they are going to be working on two games at once Dom Obviously, they're going to be working on the Horizon sequel. Do you think they'll go back to the Killzone drawing board? Or do you think Sony's like, hey, you killed it with one new IP. Just try something else. Like, we trust you. Try another new IP. Because, like, to me, I hate to say it. I know people are going to hate me for this. I don't think Killzone is really bankable anymore, right? Like, I think they can move on from that and try something else. Like, do they need to go back to Killzone? I don't know. I mean...
1: I mean, you got to assume like some things, you know, some ideas have been being kicked around, and there's probably something in pre-production with Killzone on it, right? Um, at least, if not further. But along, is it Gorilla? Knows? Like that's I mean, the thing. I, I'm like,
0: does the Gorilla need to work on Killzone? Because like, I don't know. It's it's tough. Uh, even they talked about not really. Do they wanting need to? Work to? On it. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't. I mean, I think they they definitely are. I think someone or some a couple people, you know, maybe only a handful are doing something with Killzone. I think that's yeah. like absolutely right. Even if it doesn't end up becoming anything, there are at least some ideas are thrown around, uh, you know, that are still in whatever kind of stage. Um, and I think that's the, kind of the decision that you know that they're looking at right now, and that they're probably talking with Sony, like, do we even do this, or should we, or you know? And maybe, maybe that depends on. I, I think at this point, honestly, Sony is probably like open to listening to new ideas instead of going back to Killzone, right? Um, yeah. Because yeah, like they've been granted. Oh, we're expanding, right? you know you guys killed it with uh killed it with Horizon so like here's the keys you know what I mean here's some budget here's some extra five floors or whatever you said it was um it's double almost double the staff uh, but i think that also with that also comes like well we have other ideas too yeah we're definitely going to do a Horizon sequel but here's some other here's something else we had in the works that we think is pretty cool and i think sony would definitely listen to it at this point but i still think we will see there's something going on there with Killzone I don't know if it ever, you know, materializes in anything, but I think it's they're thinking about it. That's that's certainly an option they're considering.
0: Yeah, during the no clip uh, documentary about Horizon Zero Dawn, Herman Holtz talked about the process of coming up with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and he said that everyone had a pitch me up. Uh, uh, had a pitch. Uh, event, was necessarily a meeting, where all the employees were open to bringing their pitches for what they want to do or try. And they listened to all of them, and Horizon Zero Dawn was mostly one idea, but with a couple of other ideas people had mixed in. And the cool thing with the pitches was that you didn't have to bring a game concept. If you're an artist, you could bring concept art. If you're a programmer, you could bring a mechanic you wanted to put in a game. Like, it was very open to whatever you wanted to bring in terms of a pitch. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I, I love that open working environment like that. I think it creates great product, as we saw with Horizon Zero Dawn. I think people being able to have a say in what they're making tends to result in a good game, right? If you enjoy going to work and working on what you're making. Um, the thing with Horizon Zero Dawn 2 and then, like, ugh, Killzone is I don't think and I could be stepping out of line here I know I I don't own a PlayStation but from seeing how everybody feels I think if you were to show a, a killzone game and then have the gorilla logo I don't think that does much anymore I think with with gorilla they want people want to see Horizon Zero Dawn 2 and they want to see something else I think that like having the gorilla name attached to Killzone do, doesn't do much for either of them anymore you know what I mean I think Killzone being made by a different studio oh, yeah is just as exciting or interesting to people as gorilla working on it i don't think because when if people see gorilla working on it they're like they spend time on this like killzone will be okay but like killzone is always like a launch title you know it's kind of like with uh dead rising for xbox it's like the dead rising games are good they're never great you know what i mean so it's like why have gorilla waste time on that um but that's just my opinion i know i i I agree you. No. There's probably no, you're people right. working it's, on it but it's like why <laughs> I'd rather see new IP I think well, yeah I think
1: I think no matter what I mean gr- the next thing we see from Guerrilla Games is Horizon 2 Oh 100% it, right? yeah. I mean, absolutely yeah. like 1000% like that's what that's what we see next from them um if if I'm right and maybe they're doing some stuff with Killzone if we ever do see Killzone from them it won't be for, for a good while like we're seeing Horizon next from them absolutely
0: Yeah I just I think that if in order to bring that franchise back, I think they need to rejuvenate it somehow, some way. Maybe even have the type of thing where it's it has a lot of the core shooting mechanics of Killzone, but it's so different that you don't know it's Killzone until the logo pops up, kind of thing. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, but I do think that franchise mm-hmm. is just in a weird that. place with the success of Horizons Zero Dawn. Because like, if Horizons Zero Dawn was a bad game and it flopped, then it's like, well, maybe we just go back to Killzone to try to make things work. But because it was such a success, it's like. They're so invigorated by new IP and this new world they have. Do they really want to go back to this bland, gray, and black shooter? You know, we'll see. Um, the other
1: thing I just thought of, back to your first question, um, about uh, you know what could be different in the Horizon sequel? Maybe some multiplayer. I don't know. Ooh, that'd be
0: cool. Yeah,
1: we saw, we saw Monster Hunter was real successful. I mean, it's got they got to be thinking about it, right? I would love I don't a what last that looks of like,
0: but. I would love a last of us type multiplayer. Like a very survival based, um, low amount of players, uh, low amount of like uh, materials and resources. That'd be really interesting. Like PvP though? Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be interesting. I was thinking more co op. But I'd be yeah. Co op would be cool know. too. We'll like a horde mode kind of thing, but not necessarily tons of enemies, just like they keep stacking the odds mm. against you. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. Um Speaking of stacking the odds against you, uh, Mr. Nathan Drake, we had an Uncharted fan film come out. We ta- I don't know if we talked about it on the show last week. Maybe we did, about Nathan Fillion teasing something. We did. Yeah, with the Drake picture yeah. and the Signum Parvis Magnum or whatever the saying is. I know I butchered Sick that. Parvis Magna. There you go. Um... The fan film was great. from small beginnings. The fan film was about 11 to 12 minutes. They had Nathan Fillion as, as Nathan Drake. They had Stephen Lang from Avatar and uh, Cable Hopeful. That was possibly going to be Cable in the Deadpool 2 movie. Um, he played Sully. Um, I don't know the actress's name that played Elena. Is that her name?
1: Yeah, we don't necessarily know that that was her. I mean, we, I guess assume, it's assumed, but we
0: assume. We
1: assume. It didn't really r- look like her the way that Sully looked like Sully. I don't know.
0: Yeah that's just my vibe. Um, I think it's just that she probably wasn't as important to the narrative for that fan film, so like especially with maybe like budget and timing, they're like Stephen Lang is like a known actor and so is Nathan Fillion. So it's like I'm not no disrespect to that actress, but you know what I mean. The I think the guy we'll get into the actual fan film, but like even the guy who they casted as the villain, I loved his like James Earl Jones voice. Like such a like a deep commanding voice. Um the the uh, the El Tigre is actually the guy from the Ninja Turtles movies, um, the guy the pizza guy. Um, people were you okay. know, people older than us were losing their minds about that. I wasn't really much. I love the Ninja Turtles, oh. but those those movies were a little bit too cheesy and like outdated for me personally. Um, anyways, the fan film was great. Obviously, I'm talking from uh, from a perspective of somebody who's had experience with the Uncharted series. I've never beat one of the games, but. I, through osmosis and playing a little bit of it, I know a lot about Uncharted and what makes Uncharted Uncharted. Obviously not as much as Dom, who will talk about it shortly. Um, But I thought they nailed it. Everyone who's constantly said that Nathan Fillion is Nathan Drake and he should play them were correct. He gets the mannerisms down, he gets the voice down, he gets the quippy charm down. Um, He just nailed it completely. I think the person who wrote this nailed it as well. I think they got what makes an Uncharted feel like an Uncharted. Um, All of the historical things, I think that's something that could easily be messed up. But the dialogue back and forth between Nathan and Sully, I think, worked really well. Um, There was a cool transition that I think is only reserved for a fan film, and I would not want to see it in the movie version, which is when he jumps out the window and they switch the aspect ratio to look like gameplay. I think that works really well for a fan (laughs) film, because it's like, this is cool as a fan film, but... If that were to happen in a movie, it'd feel really off-putting. Right. Um, so I think it was cool, well, for, for, yeah, yeah, for the medium. Uh, the ending of it, I think, is really cool. Great cliffhanger. Um, I think Steven like nailed Sully. Uh, I loved, I loved his portrayal of him. Um, yeah, I thought it was really well done. I see it. People said that they did it for fun. People wouldn't put this many resources into doing something purely for fun. Uh, I think this is a way for them to kickstart, like, hey. We want to do something with Uncharted, um, and obviously something might not happen with it. But I, they didn't do this just to do it for fun. I they, I think this is their way of saying like, hey, maybe we can tell Sony or show Sony why people want an Uncharted movie so much, and maybe some of us can get jobs for it, kind of thing. Um, who knows? But uh, yeah, that's my impressions on the on the fan film. I thought it was great. Uh, what about you, Dom? Somebody who's played and loved the Uncharted series. Well, I, I, I definitely agree with your last point. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't just done. I
1: mean, yeah, this they lost money on this. Someone lost money, right? Whoever was forking over the investment here. Lost, yeah. they, they put it on YouTube. Even if it gets a couple million views, maybe it makes a, you know, a couple tens of thousands of dollars, but it had to cost like a million dollars or something to make this. I don't know. Dep- if you paid all the, the talent. Um, or if they, yeah. Then, yeah. And then <laughs> they had like a film crew. Yeah, depending. Someone, when you, if you look at like cost to revenue, someone, you know, didn't get what they put in necessarily so yeah there. i agree that there's a purpose for this like no one does this for fun um and that's a little much but yeah this this was this was absolutely fantastic jared this is that was like an, that's an uncharted game like you just watched it right the only the only difference is uh the production value right yeah I mean with the fighting the stunts and everything like the big and action the scope, set pieces right? like yeah right and the scope of this is like you can tell, oh, they they're starting at the house or whatever, right? And then they they drive, and it cuts, and then they drive. You know, what I mean, then they're already at the next place, and it's still it's still a on land, contained area, yeah, right? <laughs> and it's Mexico, so they can they can reproduce something that looks like Mexico. They can't reproduce, you know, freaking most uncharted locations on the same budget, right? Um, but yeah, then the the action was really slow, and it, it was just the production value was just way lower. So that's it, that's kind of. It speaks a lot to how how good the games are and their cinematic elements, and even like the gameplay is higher production value. Like when you're fighting, it feels better than it looked in this movie, right? Um, yeah. But everything everything that's okay, right? That's like you can't make you know wine out of shit. Um, <laughs> that's a new phrase that I just am then coining. Um, yeah. But the the things that were under their control were absolutely perfect, right? And they were you know beat for beat. This was an Uncharted game. They made a little movie about it. Um, this is all it needs to be. I think I think you're right, and this is probably kind of like to get someone's attention or to like, you know, as some kind of, you know, portfolio or to get a job. I don't know, but there's some some kind of, you know, root cause of why this happened. But, you know, I don't want this to continue. I wouldn't want, you know, a series of this, right, because that lack in budget would— You'd feel that if this continued another 15 minutes, you know, it would not feel good.
0: Well, Um, yeah. (laughs) So going off of this, I want to talk about what we want from this or what we expect from this. And obviously we don't want more of a fan film. And by that we mean like, like you just said, the budget and all that stuff. The interesting thing here is for me is I would love to see like a Netflix series. And we know Netflix is really cool with giving people high budgets. They're just throwing money out to people now, which is really cool. Um, Adi Shankar, who's made the Castlevania Animated Series, has said that they're the greatest studio in the world for creatives. That they basically... They find people they trust to make a high-quality product or a product because not everything on Netflix is necessarily high-quality. But they find people they want to make stuff. They're like, how much do you need for your budget? And obviously, depending on the creator, they probably give more leeway. And they're like, we need this much money. And they're like, here, go ahead. And that's really cool for creatives, right? And for me, I think that obviously... A Netflix Uncharted series wouldn't have the summer movie blockbuster budget but it would have a drastically higher budget than a fan film version of this and I would love to see Nathan Fillion being him in a 8 episode uh, series on, of Uncharted right for me that would be awesome I, you can, we can get to if you would want that or not but the other thing I want to talk about is people are saying he's too old to play Nathan Drake in a real movie he's too old he's too old I think there's a couple of ways you can get around that. One, I don't think he's that old. Obviously, they would hire a stunt man to do the actual stunt, so it doesn't look as goofy as it does. Sorry, Nathan Fillion, you're a fantastic actor. The action stuff isn't for you, um, but that doesn't matter because you nailed everything else about Nathan. I could see the back of the head of an act, of, a, of a of a stunt double. I don't care about that. Right? Doesn't matter to me. Um, he can get in shape. You don't have to worry about that. If you get hired on a movie, they'll give you a diet. They'll do all that stuff. The way they can make him work, if it's not... Say they don't want to have him just as the the headliner because the truth of the matter is as much as people love Nathan Fillion from Firefly and Sanctuary, he's not an A-list celebrity that'll bring in a lot of money at the box office and people kind of have to realize that's just the way it works, right? Even if it's an Uncharted movie having Nathan Fillion there, you're not going to get the people who are unfamiliar with Uncharted. That being said... My idea for how they can make this work, because we've already heard rumblings of Tom Holland being a young Nathan Drake, a very young one, uh, Nathan Drake. I would love if the way the movie was structured was that it kind of goes back and forth between old Nathan and young Nathan, and not a lot. Obviously, you want to time it out in, uh, perfectly, but I would love if like, the A-line plot of the movie is Nathan as an older Nathan trying to figure out something, but it requires him to look through his memories of the past and that's where you cut to tom holland's so there's an a a plot and a b plot and that would be great because you get the nathan feeling. that's distinctly nathan you can play around with tom being nathan and not necessarily having the mannerisms down off the get go because he hasn't come into his own own and he's a younger nathan drake so you're you're kind of feeding both audiences of like hey you have this hollywood a-list celebrity and you also have the person that nails nathan perfectly right um and I, I think that's really cool. I would really enjoy that, seeing an older Nathan and a younger Nathan because as much as I would love a complete movie with Nathan Fillion, the reality of that is it's probably not going to happen. And I think the only way you can get it to where Nathan Fillion is Nathan Drake in a big-budget summer blockbusters Uncharted movie is if it's the time manipulation, looking back on his past kind of thing. I don't know. What do you think about all that, dumb Netflix series? Yeah, and no. That?
1: Uh, as far as netflix series i don't know i don't know i'd see this more as like a movie i don't yeah. know if i can I that's fine eight Completely episodes just even might be too much yeah you know and then even then i still would yeah they could get a good budget on netflix but i uh, will see well I, i'd still be hesitant what you right? want from true um,
0: uncharted is, is the big money for those set pieces cost right. a lot of money yeah
1: right and i don't know that that it would ever be <clears throat> that that investment would ever be worth it to any movie studio i mean i know they're supposedly making this uncharted movie i don't think it's ever going to actually happen um but anyway i think that's the right way to do it to have the big set pieces I, I, now, and I said it before though i don't know that that it needs to exist but if it does i'd say that it should be a, a feature-length movie and that be it um and that's that's how again that's how an uncharted game kind of feels yeah um i would imagine if you took out you know just the took out the gameplay and watch the cutscenes of a game probably be a couple hours closer to a movie length. Um, but obviously like that wouldn't be the movie There's you know, they're going to make it more cinematic than that. But, um, I see it more as a movie length than a series. And as far as, um, Nathan Fillion being, you know, in a movie, you know, in a big budget movie, I think you're right. <laughs> that would be the only way to do it. Even that seems unlikely, but if it were, then yeah, he would have to be, um, it would be a split kind of thing where yeah, it's flashbacks or flash forwards or whatever it is. You know, he's the he's Nathan Drake at the very end. Um, but all the concerns about age, I think are not really kind of like you were talking about. That doesn't really matter. None of that matters. Yeah. They can make he's not that old. They can make him
0: look a good bit younger. Right. It's the bankable star thing for the budget that an Uncharted movie exactly. would exactly. You need like That's the A-list no celebrity. Yeah. That's my mm-hmm. issue, and it's nothing. Yep. It's Nathan Fillion. Like I think he's a tremendous actor, but that's just the reality of the situation. So I think yeah, the the working around that is getting the A list celebrity of Tom mm-hmm. Holland, who's Spider Man now, and everyone knows who Tom Holland is, and merging that with Nathan Fillion because, obviously, I think Tom Holland's a great actor. I think he's. Next to Robert Downey Jr., I think he's probably one of the better actors in the MCU as a whole, and I think he would do the due diligence work to nail as close as he can to his version of Nathan Drake, but he can no—he can't get nowhere close to Nathan Fillion because Nathan Fillion just is inherently Nathan Drake. So I think balancing right. that would would help out both of them in a way. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. But- I don't know if this movie ever happens, but that's how I would want it personally—is <laughs> both of them because that's the only way realistically it would be made. So.
1: And I think there's that's a, there's good opportunity there. I'm trying to think when when he first meets Sully, but I don't think it's shown. Actually, it's when he's younger, but then there's a gap. But point being, Tom Holland to me kind of presents a really interesting opportunity because we've seen Nathan Drake as a kid in two of the games, at slightly different ages, but still in Uncharted Four, I think he's in there as like a younger teenager. Um, yeah, Tom Holland I could see playing Nathan Drake, you know, like in his twenties yeah. or something, right? Um, whereas Nathan Fillion at best, or you know that's or any most other actors you we think of nathan drake in his 30s probably right um i would say mid 30s from what i've seen right yeah. yeah um but tom holland i think that that presents an opportunity of like what was nathan drake doing in his 20s you know i think there's some stuff there that would be cool to explore and then i also am with you i, I would trust tom holland uh entirely to, to handle it properly
0: yeah, because, and the thing too is Tom Holland's naturally charming, and that's what you need out of Nathan, too. That's why oh, Nathan yeah. Fillion is yeah. so good at it, is because he's just mm-hmm. naturally charming. And that's what you need. So, yeah, I'm not, people were upset about the, the supposed casting of Tom Holland. I'm okay with that. I think that's my least of worries with the Uncharted movie, is him being cast as Nathan Drake. Um, and obviously, I'm, like I said, I'm nowhere near the fan that you are, but to hear that you're comfortable with it, too, is really cool. Um, I think that's pretty much it. We both loved the Uncharted fan film. Uh, What will happen from here on out, who knows. But Nathan Fillion and that crew just absolutely killed it. So good. Um, Let's get into what we're going to be playing. So, going to be hitting up Octopath. Going to be hitting Apollo Knight. Uh, The thing I wanted to talk about that I previously was saying I was going to talk about now. I am a, like, middling uh, Mission Impossible fan, Dom. Like, I wouldn't say, like, oh, those movies are whatever. But I wouldn't say I'm, like, a diehard Mission Impossible fan. I'm, like, always, like, slightly interested, um, Mission Impossible 6, which I don't remember the subtitle for off the top of my head, I enjoyed it, that it was a good movie, I don't know where you sit on Mission Impossible movies, but Mission Impossible Fallout, Mission Impossible 7 Fallout, has Henry Cavill in it, who I like, despite the DCEU being garbage, I like Henry Cavill, the writing and stuff isn't his fault, I just like him as an actor, I'm excited for him in this movie. He looks awesome. I love the, him reloading his arms. Like has been everywhere over the internet in the, in the bathroom fight scene. Um, and Tom Cruise is hit or miss for me, but I think he nails it in the Mission Impossible movies. And I can't wait to see this movie in IMAX. That's uh, 2D IMAX. Screw 3D. Uh, and the biggest thing is, like, on Rotten Tomatoes and all these review sites, it's scoring, like, in the 90s, which is really surprising to me. Um, and that has me pumped. So I'm just excited to see Mission Impossible. I'm totally not the bro action movie type of guy, but I'm really stoked for this one. All the all the signs like lined up perfectly for me to be interested in going to see this. So pretty much it for me. Uh, yeah. What about you?
1: I've never seen any Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, Impossible. movies. <laughs> not, a, not a one. Yeah. Yeah. And and I never really thought about it, but I, I might have seen one James Bond movie.
0: I that's don't. They're I way want, too I've, misogynistic for me. I do not like James Bond.
1: Um, uh, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know anything about it. But um, I've never seen any Fast and Furious movies. I've never seen Die Hard movies. I'm not like. I just. I'm just kind of realizing this about myself. Apparently, I'm not a huge action movie fan. Yeah, I guess. I'm not It'll either. Big action like those ones.
0: I'm not a fan of Die Hard. I know it's blasphemous. People are like, "Oh, it's the greatest action movie ever." Not a fan of it. Fast and Furious or whatever to me. I go and watch them because my best friend's a huge fan. Um, I don't really like them that much. They're whatever. Um, huh. And uh, what was the other series? Yeah. James Bond. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I know people are like, oh, Snowflake Liberal, blah, blah, blah. They're way too misogynistic for me. Like, I just don't like the way Bond handles in- his interactions with women. It's very old school, like... I'm the hero. Come over here and let me hold your butt. Kind of, st- it just rubs me the wrong way. I don't like it, um, and it's very old-fashioned. It is what Bond so, yeah. is, but it's like eh, gross. Um, but like I said, the Mission Impossible movies, they there's enough like intrigue there, and they do some of the craziest stunts. That's why I like them because just seeing them in IMAX, whether the movie's good or bad, some of the stuff they do in terms of like first time in cinematography and like film history, crazy stuff. Uh, and the fact that Tom Cruise does all his own stunts is really crazy, considering he's like over fifty years old. Um, Didn't know that. Yeah, this one looks really cool. It's getting really good reviews. The Mission Impossible movies aren't they? They don't require you seeing all the other ones or whatever. Um, I would look into it because like I'm not a big fan of action movies either, as we've had this discussion, and I'm interested in watching it. So maybe you would too. Maybe when it comes on the streaming service or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. What about you? Though? Uh, it's
1: just not gonna. I'm just not gonna watch that, man. I'm yeah. just not gonna do it. I'm <laughs> just gonna tell you, like
0: it's not happening. What I rather will be doing. Watch Dark Knight Rises than watch this new fall, uh, Mission Impossible.
1: Oh yeah, Dark Knight Rises is a great movie. It's not the Dark oh, Knight. How could it could never God. have held up? But it's still a, a phenomenal movie. Would you all three Dark Knight movies? So how do you rank them? Dark better than Knight again, other
0: superhero movie. That's crazy to me. Then rises. Uh, yeah. I don't even think any of those are no the one's best movie. Personally, I like I like the Prestige the most. Um, so I would say, what do you rank them? Actually, I got to see that one. That's very good. Night um, begins, rises. Okay, that's how I would rank him, too. But for me, it's like Standard. Dark Knight's like a ten for me. Begins is like a seven, and then like rises like a four. I really don't like rises. The whole like back breaking thing, and then yeah. he's like it's all the of a weakest. sudden healed, and the Robin tease is like not even a tease. Whatever, this isn't the Batman podcast. Anyways, Dom, <laughs> what are you going to be playing? Hollow Knight? I don't know
1: how... I've got to be... I've got to be getting close to that, that, you know, not true ending that you talked about, yeah. I think. i got to be. i got to be, like, three quarters of the way to that, I think. Could be wrong, but we'll see. I, I'm, I'm going to be playing this for a little while, like, probably a few more weeks. Um, But that's, I mean... That's kind of like I'll finish that Battlefront campaign like I talked about. But that's really, that's really what I'm looking at. You know,
0: What's, you're not getting Spider-Man. What's the next big game you're getting? Red Dead? No, you're not even interested in Spider-Man. Red Dead, right? Oh, you are getting Spider-Man. Cool. I didn't, I didn't know if you were getting it or not.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm on the, I'm on the Spider-Man train, dude. There's a new trailer that dropped today. I don't know if you, I don't know. What, did we talk about? We didn't talk about that. Did you watch N- it?
0: Yeah. I just kind of have invo- I'm avoiding talking about it because it's so close to release. It has to do with like. I don't even want to know uh, if I want to mention the character that's featured because, like, to some people that's a spoiler. Yeah. So it's, like, I saw the trailer, mm-hmm. though, yeah. The The thing that that I will say cool. is they gave more uh, footage of the Mary Jane stuff, which we already knew was in the game, so that's not a spoiler. But it looks, like, mm. super stealthy. Like, I'm really excited to, like, see how that breaks the flow of the game uh, in a good way of you, like, going through these, like, stealth sections with Mary Jane. looks really interesting.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, we will see. I'm into that. That's the next big one for me, really. I mean, I'm going to keep playing Hollow Knight. Um, and I thought I was going to get into Elder Scrolls Online, but I might not have time before Spider-Man. Yeah. A
0: month and a half? Oh, no, you know what, you know what comes up before Spider-Man? We completely forgot. Uh, the final season of Walking Dead drops on August 14th.
1: I, yeah, the first episode. So, yeah, I, yeah I'll play that.
0: I guess I said big game. Then another two months to the next one. Exactly. You know what would be crazy if they just, like, That release date came in They're like, no, it's not one episode We just dropped them all Never happened for Telltale Not saying it's going to happen, but imagine that Like, you come to release date and you're like Oh yeah, I can't wait to play the first episode And it's just all five I'd just be like, oh god Just devour it immediately You know, you say it's
1: never happened from Telltale But I mean, everything that's ever happened Never happened until it did (laughs) Just saying
0: wise words with Dom you can put that next to it in the quote box right next to you can't make wine out of shit (laughs) can't do it catchphrases Um,
1: even if you try Nathan Fillion
0: that's it for episode one of three of the Controlled Interest Gamecast thank you guys for listening if you can please follow us on iTunes leave us a review there definitely helps subscribe to us on YouTube every subscription helps us get a little bit bigger a little bit stronger a little bit faster a little bit wiser um, follow us on Twitter at C-T-R-L-I-N-T. That's Controlled Interest abbreviated. I am at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. You can often find me tweeting about how much I dislike the new Titans trailer. Uh, you can, it's, it's ass. Yeah. Not very good. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, and yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Hopefully Jordan will be back. He's having some car issues. so He wasn't able to join this. This is, this week. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time.